0: You can catch Ask Warty live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at AskWardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. That is as easy as it is to mill flour into grains. Home grain mealing, making your own grain, your own flour at home, that's what we're talking about today. As much as I planned and prepared for this, I, I probably won't say exactly the same things that I typed up that I'm gonna say on the broadcast today, so you definitely wanna to refer to the print notes. This is the Mock Mill, a home grain mill. We're gonna talk about it more today, but first we're gonna answer a lot of your questions that you submitted. And because I asked last week, what do you wanna know about home grain milling? And Vicki K was brutally honest and admitted, sorry, but I think I'm too lazy to mill my own flour. And Teddy C said, I buy organic flour, so why should I mill my own? Well, honest questions, fair questions. Both of these gave me a laugh. But the fact is that these were just two of the nearly 200 replies I got. And what was clear to me in most of the rest of the replies that I got was that all of you are excited and overwhelmed by the prospect of milling your own grains at home and you have lots of questions about it. So I compiled all those questions and I realized there were so many that to do them justice, couldn't really answer them in one Ask So I'm devoting the entire month of November four episodes to going over your grain milling questions. Today's episode is the basics, things like why should you do it? So we'll answer Vicki and Teddy's questions. Um, How do you store your grains? How do you store your flour? How does a grain mill work? What are the different types of grain mills? Which one should you buy? Where should you get your grain? Those are the basics that we'll cover today. In future episodes, so the rest of this month, we'll talk about specialty things you can do with grain mills like gluten-free grains and fun and exciting things um, and kind of not quite the basics, but related topics to milling. So that is what's ahead. So I'm thrilled you're joining me today and do plan on catching the rest of the month's episodes because we're going to go way deep into home grain milling and it's going to be ex- an exciting, exciting journey. Okay, so let's get going with the first question here that um, I already told you that Vicki and Teddy were asking, which is, why should I do it anyway? And Vicki said she was too lazy to do it and Teddy said he already buys organic flour, so why bother? Well, this is a great question to ask. Um, In fact, you need to ask this question before you do anything because you gotta have a why. So I happen to have a whole bunch of reasons why it's good to mill your own flour, so we're gonna get into that now. Um, Number one is it's healthier. So the whole grain, for example, this einkorn grain, contains all of the nutrients of um, what God built into these seeds and so the enzymes the bran the germ the oil and when you uh, when flour when it's ground into flour and it sits on a shelf within 24 hours a lot of the nutrients are lost so if you grind your own and use it soon after grinding you are getting the healthiest flour another reason it's not rancid so the germ of every grain contains the oil and oils go rancid um when the grain is split and ground into flour, it can go rancid very quickly. So if you've ever tasted baked goods that taste bitter or you've bought flour at the store and you've made like quick bread or bread or cake or something out of it, and you just like, mm, that doesn't taste that great, it could very well be the rancidity factor. So when you do fresh ground flours, you are getting um, not rancid. <laughs> it's really good. Um, which besides the taste, rancidity is just not healthy for us. Okay, um, it's lighter. So this freshly ground flour is so light and fluffy, it hasn't compacted and um, settled down. So you will get lighter and fluffier baked goods do you ever wonder why when you see a cake recipe or a frosting recipe they tell you to sift the flour? Well that's to lighten it up because it's been sitting around a while. Well if you're doing fresh ground flour it's light already so it just comes out lighter and fresher. Um, Another one it tastes better so it's that rancidity thing. Our family has tried over and over again or I should say it's been confirmed for us over and over again that our baked goods with freshly ground flour taste so much better and that's because Um, It's not rancid. We can control what grains we're using. We can control um, just so much about it that we end up with a really, really tasty product. Um, It's more frugal. So, and this especially pertains if you're doing gluten-free grains or you're doing ancient grains like we do with einkorn or spelt. So these are more pricey. And if you're paying the premium to get them already ground, Um, it's more expensive. But if you can buy the whole grain, especially in bulk, you're going to save a lot of money on that superior uh, quality grain that you want to use in your baking. So I'd say if you're using any kind of specialty grains like gluten-free or ancient grains, um, that right out the door, you want to consider your own grain mill because you're going to save a lot of money over buying uh, flour already done for you. Uh, you get more control. I alluded to this already, but if you are using your own grain mill and especially a nice grain mill like this one, the mock mill, you can control the fineness and the coarseness. So you have a lot of input over the quality of the flour that comes out. It's easier to store. So, and I'm not talking about the flour here, I'm actually talking about the raw ingredients that you use in your baking. If you are starting with whole grains and milling as you need, these whole grains store much more easily than if you were to purchase bulk in flour. Plus you have all the other issues with the health and the rancidity and whatnot. But bulk grains are much easier to store than flour because they are um, just, uh, they do store better and so that makes it easier. Uh, and this this reason is for Vicky, and Vicki's the one who said I'm too lazy to do that. So Vicki, um, milling your own f- grains into flour is, easier than you think. If you're looking at mills like the mock mill here that's super attractive and has this low profile and sits on the counter and looks really good, well, it is ready at a moment's notice instantly to fill with grain and produce flour. Like, how easy is that? Even the laziest person um, can see that it's way easier than you think to produce your own flour, not to mention all the other uh, reasons that I just went into. So bottom line for me is that why would you mill your own flour? All those reasons. The health and the frugality and the control, um, the not rancidity, the, best, the better flavor, having at a moment's notice what you need for baked goods. There's a ton of reasons to consider milling your own grains. I would love to hear from you. So if you're live right now in the comments, just add. If, you've, if I've missed something or if you resonate with any of those reasons, add them. Uh, if you're watching this later at the show notes, askgordy.tv, episode 97. The comments are open for you there to come and chime in on why you mill your own grains or why you would want to. Maybe you're not there yet, but something here has resonated with you. We'd love to hear it. So that's, those are the answers, the multiple answers to why you would want to consider doing it anyway. I hope I've convinced you because to me, it's a no-brainer. So let's move on to the next question today in uh, the basics of home milling. And this one comes from Ed, Stacy, Carrie, and Helen. And basically it comes down to, they're asking, well, how do I store my whole grains and my milled flours? Yeah, you definitely wanna consider the logistics of this um, because it comes into question when you make any kind of major investment in technique or equipment or something you bring into your traditional food kitchen, you wanna consider the logistics of it. So this is a very valid question. And Ed basically said, how do you store the whole grain? Stacy is saying, how long will freshly milled flour last? What are the good ways to store it to preserve its nutritional value? Carrie says she'd like the proper info on the storage of grains before they're milled and after. And she's also asking for info on sprouted grains. Um, Helen is asking about nutritional information. Just how quickly do grains degrade once milled? Is it that bad to grind some ahead and store in the freezer? If I'm making something in the morning and then in the evening, can I leave the flour out all day? I wonder how quickly homemade flour goes bad. I keep leftovers in the fridge or freezer for things like roux. So, Ed, Stacy, Carrie, Helen, and anyone else having similar thoughts, let's cover this. Keep this in mind when you're storing either unground whole grains or flour. The enemies of them, meaning the things that are going to cause them to degrade, rot, spoil, um, lose their nutritional value, are oxygen, temperature, moisture, light, and critters. Okay? So whenever you're coming up with a storage solution, you gotta take into account all those enemies. Now here's the particulars of each. So if you're talking about the whole grains, okay, how to store them. Which Uh, much easier to store than flour, which is one of the reasons we talk about just grinding as much flour as you need for that day or a couple days. So the whole grain, when you order it, and if you do in bulk you can get great prices, but of course, you know, buy what you need. You bring it home and you want to freeze it for 10 days. And what that does is it kills any critters or eggs that are like on the grains themselves. So freezing is important if you want them to last long term then you can just keep them in the freezer or you can transfer them to storage containers. Now when you're storing them you don't want to store them anywhere where it's moist or light or damp. Examples would be a hot attic, a damp basement, a humid garage, those aren't good places. Put them in like five gallon food grade buckets, glass jars, you can introduce mylar, um, those mylar sealing bags, we use those a lot, oxygen absorbers or just buckets. Um, but the better they're kept away from moisture and oxygen and light and critters, oh, and and the more even the temperature is, so not huge fluctuations between hot and cold, but generally cool, the longer they're going to last. In fact, they will keep many, many years, many years, if they're kept at an even temperature, free of oxygen, free of moisture, in the dark, and not accessible to critters, so in big buckets that are, you know, critter-proof. Basically, your sprouted grains, not ground into flour, should be stored similarly. That's how you keep your whole grains. Now, when you're talking about your milled grains, meaning they're in terms of flour, um, you want if you I just ground this. So if I'm going to keep this at room temperature, I'm going to use it within three days. Really, ideally within 24 hours, though. Um, I could refrigerate it for up to seven days to keep it fresh, and I could freeze it up to six months to keep it fresh. Uh, your milled grains really shouldn't be kept at room temperature for more than three days because of the danger of rancidity and um, although your sprouted flour lasts longer than unsprouted flour, I still follow these same rules. Three days at room temperature, um, seven days in the refrigerator, or six months in the freezer. I follow those same rules with sprouted flour just to keep it simple. Okay, so that's, that's how you store it. Okay, next question. I should say, how's everybody doing? I can't see the comments, but if you're on Facebook Live, I bet Danielle's keeping up with you, and hopefully everybody can hear me loud and clear. Uh, The AskWordy.tv is open, ready now with everything I'm sharing so you can read along or bookmark it. It is a lot of information. Look for episode 97. Next question, what grains can be milled into flour? This comes from Renee G. She says, what grains can be milled? Also, Kimberly is asking, do some grains work better than others in mills? And Crystal says, one of my wish list items is a grain mill. I've heard that some mills don't take sprouted grains. I want to buy a very high quality mill, but I will be devastated if I get it and then find out it doesn't take sprouted grains. Amen to that. You want to make sure whatever mill you're considering can do the foods that you want to mill, right? So that's great, Crystal, that you're looking into that. So... Here's some answers. And you definitely want to, because um, I can't possibly confirm this with every mill on the market, so you definitely wanna, just if, you, if you've narrowed it down to a couple mill choices, confirm that the things you want to mill can be done in that mill. So you're gonna find differences in mills between what they can and cannot grind up. Nearly all mills, unless you're using a bl- high-powered blender like the Vitamix, will have a hard time with wet or oily foods. So whether it's a wet grain, or nuts, or seeds, or spices. They can all be ground, but it depends on the equipment, and nearly all, really the blender mills are going to be the ones that can do the oilies, and there's one other exception, but that's really, you know, the big, the big thing you want to watch out for. Now, some foods are soft enough, and some foods are soft and oily, but in the case of soft foods, like flax seeds, or chia seeds, or, or rolled oats, or coconut, um, they can be done in small batches in a coffee grinder, a food processor, or a blender. Um, so as a general rule in our house, I'm using the grain mill for hard things like our grains, like our einkorn. Um, because it makes the mock, this mock mill makes great flour and it's well suited for that. And if I'm just doing a small quantity of like flax seeds or chia seeds ground or some rolled oats ground into flour, I just generally bring out the coffee grinder or the Vitamix for that, just a quick batch to do those. So bottom line here is that as long as it's not wet or oily, most grain mills are going to do everything. But you want to check with the manufacturer on whether or not it can do oily, and you also want to check on whether or not it can do corn or popcorn, because that's very hard and can damage some mills. So you want to make sure to find out if your mill in particular can do that. So today I am uh, demonstrating here for you with this mock mill. And this mock mill can do all the dry grains, softer hard wheat, oat groats, rice, triticale, kamut, spelt, einkorn, buckwheat, barley, rye, millet, teff, quinoa, amaranth, sorghum, field corn, and fully dried sprouted grains. So, Crystal, there's your answer on the mock mill at least. It will also grind beans like lentils, pinto, red, garbanzo, kidney, and more. And it'll also do dry, non oily spices. So, that's cool. Uh, you, won't, you wouldn't be able to do herbs, oily seeds, uh, popcorn, or fibrous materials in here. I've been talking about why you'd want to mill your grains, what things you can mill, how to store. But now let's talk about the different kinds of mills and their pros and cons, because you're really going to need this information if you're ready to make a mill purchase. Uh, you want to make an informed decision and choose the right mill for your needs. Stephanie's asking, I have a NutriMill. Are the stainless grinding blades doing damage to the nutrition of the grain? Should I have gotten a mill with stone? So she's basically weighing the NutriMills and impact. She's weighing that versus a stone. Luann L. says, I I know nothing about milling grains, so it's all going to be new information. I would like to know to start the best equipment to use. Ellen is asking, how do you do it with a Vitamix? And Brian is asking for best electric and manual equipment options for milling grain. And there were lots more questions regarding equipment, but I think those um, were representative. So here we go, the types of grains. So the first one that we have is uh, the mill, is, is and is an electric example of the stone mill type. And the Wonder Mill Junior Deluxe is an example of the non-electric stone mill type. By me saying stone mill, I think you can guess that inside the mill there are stones that um, are grinding your grains into flour so it's a very age-old thing Um, there are stories of my grandmother i was named after her in um you know years and years ago in a small village in israel and all the families would grind their grain on the village stone mill so they'd make their daily bread but they'd grind their flour at at this community stone mill well how cool is it today that we can have the this beautiful age-old process in our own kitchens a stone mill In stone mills, you can adjust the grind from very fine to coarse. You can even crack grains. Um, The milling speed is on the slow side. The flour comes out cool, which is awesome because warmth means nutritional loss. Um, If the grains are higher in moisture or oil, the stones could overheat, they could become glazed. So you do wanna uh, be aware of that. And generally don't do oily, but some grains are just, I mean, grains naturally have oil, so there's gonna be oil content. And if the grains do, the stones do become glazed. It needs to be cleaned, and the mock mill will clean very easily just by running some dry grain through afterwards. So, um, I love that. That if that ever happened, I could take care of it pretty well. Um, in stone mills, you can do dry grains and legumes. Um, one like the mock mill will also do nuts and seeds and spices. Avoid the oily, like we've been talking about. You can do uh, find stone mills that are electric. Like this one the mock mill you can find them that are manual uh, non-electric like the wonder mill junior deluxe and this one in particular the mock mill offers a kitchenaid attachment so if you have a kitchenaid mixer and you want a stone mill you can get an attachment to put right on your uh, mixer that's pretty cool okay next type of mill is the impact or micronizing mill uh, such as the nutrimill so an impact mill has these internal um an internal milling chamber and it has concentric rings of these stainless steel fins and there's lots of them and they never touch but they're spinning at tens of thousands of revolutions per minute and what happens when you run your grain through it is that they burst the grains into a fine flour okay um and this happens upon impact and so that's why they're called impact mills they do produce fine flour very quickly but they can't crack grains. So there's really only two downsides to the NutriMill, and I, I have, have, have had one. So they're very loud. <laughs> and second, they do emit a flour dust. So people with respiratory issues may have issues because there's fine dust um, in the room when they're used. Uh, you can mill very dry grains and legumes in an, an impact mill, and they are only electric, available only as electric. We have two more general types to go over. The next one is steel or cast iron burr. So it's similar to stone except that the grinding mechanism is going to be cast iron or steel. An example would be the Wonder Mill Junior Deluxe because it not only comes with stone but it comes with steel burrs. So it has both. And the family grain mill. So this really works similar to the stone mills except that you have steel or cast iron doing the grinding. Um, They can grind dry grains and legumes and oily nuts and seeds. So that's better than the stone in that sense, but generally the results are coarser, so you're not gonna get as fine a flour um, pretty much with any. I have a friend who has the family grain mill and she runs her grain through twice and her flour is still not as fine as this stone mill or with an impact mill. Uh, You can get both electric and non-electric of the steel or cast iron burr mills. Your last kind of type is a high powered blender like the Vitamix or the Blendtec. Um, it's an amazing machine. The Vitamix has a dry um, container. The Blendtec, you just use the regular container. Um, Since I did this for years and years, we made flour in our Vitamix before we had a standalone mill. So I do know that the flour comes out more coarse. But if you if you don't have a lot of flour needs, um, and it's just like occasionally, and we actually had a lot of flour needs, so we relied on it all the time. But um, basically, you know, you can repurpose or use your Vitamix or Blendtec as a grain mill, but it does come out more coarse. One advantage is that you can do oily things because it will do that. Um, One caution with the Blendtec is that um, a lot of Blendtecs don't come with a tamper, and I'm not familiar with all the models, but the tamper is the thing that you can push down to keep it circulating, and the Vitamix always comes with that. Well, that's crucial to getting a consistent grind, so with the Blendtec, I would recommend that you... Get a model that has a tamper, or you purchase it as an accessory uh, because I think it's essential if you want the Blendtec to grind well for you. Uh, other options, really, which I don't recommend, but I'm just going to give them a nod. If you're, if you're not milling often, if you don't need large quantities, or you don't desire a great result, you could use the Champion Juicer attachment. You could use the KitchenAid attachment. I'm not talking about the Mock Mill KitchenAid attachment. I mean the one that KitchenAid makes. It's not a very good mill. Um, or a coffee grinder so those are some things that people use for grain grinding that i just don't think are very good Uh, my experience really quickly uh, for years we used the vitamix to grind flour and we did a lot of bread baking and it served us very well Um, I, i i never overfilled it so if you're familiar with the vitamix at all the manual says do two grains cups of grain at a time I never went over that it's very important you don't go over that and also ground for 15 seconds longer than recommended while using the tamper the whole time and that way we got as good a flour as I could get and we made great bread with it I later learned when I got a NutriMill that I'll talk about next that the Vitamix flour was just coarser there was nothing I could do about it I did get as good as I could get with the Vitamix so then we purchased a used NutriMill which is an impact mill so the 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 grains are um, whipped through that um, those steel fins that are just going really fast around and around. So the NutriMill was next. The flour came out very fine. It made beautiful bread. It wasn't so hot as the Vitamix. That's another downside of the Vitamix. It, the grains come out hot. Um, the NutriMill did not produce as much hot flour, so that was an improvement, less of a less of a nutrient loss. It's very loud though. My daughter Hania now has the NutriMill. And now we are using the mock mill stone grain mill, which I absolutely love. The flour stays cool. It comes out very fine. It also can do the cracked grains or the coarse grains. So you have a lot of uh, adjustability there. So we get really light, wonderful bread. We get cracked grains for porridges. We can do gluten-free grains. We can do spices. So of all the mills that I've used and reviewed... This is my favorite because I think it produces the best result, the healthiest flower, and has the most versatility for what I need. I do also want to say that we have a non-electric stone mill, which is the Wonder Mill Junior Deluxe. So if there was ever a power outage or whatnot, we do have an option to use a stone mill um, in the case of not having electricity. So that's kind of our backup mill. Uh, and the Wonder Mill Junior Deluxe also has like i said before it comes with both stone and steel burrs so we can we can do stone for something like this and we could do steel if we needed to grind oily things so i i kind of really like having both of those one is a backup and this for everyday use (laughs) that's a lot of information i need a drink (laughs) getting hoarse here next question how does a grain mill work so we're Still talking logistics here and just thinking practically because if you're considering a purchase or getting into it, you want to know how it works. Heather is asking, I would love to know all about grains, including sorghum, millet, teff, quinoa, oats, and the soaking rinsing process. Some grains like quinoa, rice, and sorghum say to rinse before cooking, but what about before grinding? I assume they're dirty and need to be rinsed before grinding. Okay, well, how you grind your grains really depends on the particular mill. I described all the mechanisms above because they all are going to function a little bit differently. But you know, there's a reservoir to put your grains. There's a button to turn it on. If it's a Vitamix, you need to be tamping. You know, stuff like that. Um, but they all involve, involve some universal steps, and the first of which is you have to read your manual so you know the safe operating instructions for your mill and you know what can and cannot be milled. Okay? So this is the mock mill instructions. Generally, you do need to start with clean grain. Now, this does not mean rinsing because you don't wanna introduce wet. Um, Even if if like a Vitamix could grind something wet, but then you're not gonna end up with flour, you're gonna end up with paste. So everything needs to be dry if you wanna have flour, and it needs to be dry with most mills. So cleaning means inspecting your grain. You can put it in a shallow bowl or pan and just move it around and remove rocks or debris. Uh, how much rocks or debris really depends on the farm. We've gotten grains that have a lot of like stones and wood in them, chaff, and we've gotten very clean grain, which einkorn.com has very clean grain uh, that has very little uh, debris or rocks in it. The most important thing to remove are rocks because they can damage your mill. So that's the cleaning you need to do. Now quinoa is a special case Uh, because it has a bitter coating called saponin and that's why they say when you're cooking quinoa to rinse it under cool water for two minutes so you remove that away. Well, um, you have two options here. One is that you rinse that grain and you dry it out like in a dehydrator before you mill it or you just skip the rinsing and mill it with the bitter coating. I guess you have a third option which is some quinoa comes pre-rinsed. So like Costco has bags of pre-rinsed organic quinoa, and maybe there are farms out there now who are doing the pre-rinsing for you. So that's really three options there. But no matter what, um, you (laughs) are just going to be picking through your grain to remove debris and keep it dry. So I'm gonna turn it on because it's very, very simple. This is the mock mill. That's basically how easy it is. I do have a video embedded at the show notes, askwardy.tv, that shows you how the mock mill works. Now, next question, where to buy a grain mill? So as you can tell from our discussion today, this is my favorite grain mill and it works great. I must've done something wrong. So the mock mill is a home grain mill. It was engineered and manufactured in Germany by Wolfgang Mach, and Wolfgang Mach is like the father of stone mills. So back in the 1970s, he started making them. He's been doing it for nearly 40 years, or more than 40 years, and 70% of the stone mills on the market are really made by him. He's really, really good at them. And this mill is super exciting because, um, brought the price down so it's affordable mainly because it doesn't have a wood housing it has recycled material housing um, and he's brought it down to a price that home cooks can afford um, other stone mills tend to be more expensive the flour is super fine it's healthy because it's fresh ground it's cool to the touch and it makes wonderful light, light bread and I also love it that it cracks grains So And it will grind all grains, even gluten-free, and you can do the spices like I was talking about before. Um, If you want information on the mock mill, you go to tradcookschool.com slash mockmill, where mockmill is all one word. Um, And I also want to mention that if you do purchase the mock mill, you're going to get two guides from mock mill. One is, their, um, it's called the Mock Mill Farm Directory and Grain Milling Guide. So it... Um, gives you information on the different grains and everything else you can do in the mock mill and it also gives you links to um, farms and resources to find ho- high quality grains for your home. There's also the mock mill recipe guide which is a whole bunch of really nice recipes that they've collected using home um, milled fresh ground grains. And for a limited time, I'm also throwing in something from me. So if you purchase the mock Mill, I'm also gonna give you two of our ebook and video packages, Sourdough A to Z and Einkorn Baking. They're worth $128 together and you get them free when you purchase the mock Mill. Now, mock Mill is not providing that. You do have to claim them, claim them for me. So once you purchase your mock Mill, then you go to this page, tradcookschool.com slash mill bonus, where mill bonus is all one word. And you can input your order number and your name and email, and then you'll get instant access. You know, just basically right away, you can download the sourdough and the einkorn baking ebook and video packages from me. Now, final question that we're going to cover in today's episode where to buy whole grains for milling? So, einkorn.com is actually my favorite place, and there's a link with this episode where you can get their very best prices. Um, Although, a little caveat there is is if you're a member of traditional cooking school, you can actually even get a better price from einkorn.com because we have an exclusive member special in the member area. But definitely use my link that's at the show notes or that's with this video to check out the best prices at einkorn.com. This is what we use exclusively in our baking. As you can see, Um, einkorn.com. Amazon.com, at the show notes, I have a pre formed link for you that says search for organic, bulk, whole grains, because there's a lot of farms, really good quality farms that have their grains for sale on Amazon, so you can do that. Um, Azure Standard is a bulk natural food warehouse that has truck delivery all over the country Uh, and they may or may not have um, delivery where you live but if you go to their site you can fill out a contact inquiry form and find out if there's a um, buying group in your area and you can get access to ancient and uh, modern grains all kinds of bulk grains from azure standard local farms i'm saying this fourth but it's definitely something you want to seek out first so the mock mill has their farm directory that you can check out but you can also just uh, google or ask around locally, see what you turn up. There are fantastic local farms that where you can buy grain directly from them at really high quality. Um, we did this when we were in Oregon. We purchased from some farms in Oregon and Washington. There's one in Canada. So just depending on where you live, um, hopefully you can find a local source. If you can't though, like I said, einkorn.com and other farms are making their grains available um, far and wide through the through the benefits of the internet—it's just wonderful. Okay. Oh, I did want to say if you're interested in home grain milling, this particular fow- flour does great in my no need einkorn uh, sourdough bread recipe. You can get that at tradcookschool.com/no need n o k n e a d. Uh, the information on the mock mill, which I highly recommend. Um, is tradcookschool.com slash mockmill m-o-c-k-m-i-l-l all one word and if you do purchase it be sure to grab my free ebooks that I'm giving along with it at tradcookschool.com slash mill bonus m-i-l-l-b-o-n-u-s I've also mentioned einkorn a lot so you may be wondering what's the deal with einkorn well einkorn is the healthiest variety of wheat it's 5,000 years old way before hybridization and selection took place. So it's a much healthier form of wheat and we use it exclusively in our baking. So there's a link to a podcast I did on why I love einkorn. So if you're interested in kind of diving into that and checking out what einkorn is all about, you'll find that link at the show notes. I want to give thanks to two people, actually three. So first is Vicki Lynn Haycraft. She's my um, milling mentor. So many years ago, when we started getting into whole grains and milling our own flour, I learned nearly everything I know from Vicki Lynn Haycraft. Uh, she's been a wonderful source of information on storage and milling and rev- and mill types and just fantastic. So thank you so much, Vicki Lynn, for starting me and our family on this journey. And the other two people I want to thank are Wolfgang Mock, uh, the maker of this wonderful mill, and Jade Coyle from einkorn.com. Both of them have been instrumental as well from providing the grain to providing wonderful milling options for the whole mill. So all of this information here today and in the coming weeks is really the accumulation of wonderful people who are putting their heart and soul and their passion into providing great options for us, home bakers, to provide healthy and easy um, baked goods for our families. So I'm so grateful and I know you are too. Well, this has been Ask Wardy. Thank you so much for joining me. Come back next week, same time, same place. You can get all the links and everything I've shared today at AskWardy.tv. Just look for episode 97 and keep an eye out in the coming weeks for the rest of this home milling series. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWarty or send an email to warty at AskWardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask go to AskWardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash TradCookSchool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcast app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop,